Please remember, the information in our podcast could be a trigger for some people. And if you or someone you know has been affected by sexual abuse, the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre 24-hour helpline is 1-800-77-8888. Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Canada Sisters and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Count Me In Podcasts where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual In today's podcast, we'll be talking to Anna Kavna, founder member of ABC, the Alliance of Birth Mothers Campaign for Justice, and Barbara Scanlon, spokesperson for ABC. They are both advocates and collectively they lobby on a range of key issues affecting birth mothers to get justice for them in their dealings with TUSLA, family law courts and the guards. Tell us a bit about ABC. When did it start and why did it start? Going back to September 2018, I would have been quite active on Facebook as an activist and mothers started contacting me about TUSLA. Now I have to confess, I had never heard of TUSLA. Why were they contacting you? Well, people were contacting me on a whole range of issues. Okay. And this was one of the issues that I was being contacted about. And to cut a long story short, I brought the mothers together in 2019 at a meeting in Athlone and ABC was set up. So that's basically it in a nutshell, as it were. Deputy Anne Wabbit, who is the Fianna Fáil spokesperson on children, was present at that meeting. And then I went on to write a 12,000 word report called the triad rules and that was circulated to every deputy in the doll and Michal Martin questioned uh, Minister Sapone, the Minister for Children and Youth Affairs on this and she acknowledged having uh, received the report and the report documents what is happening to the mothers. So basically you know, most of the mothers, the vast majority of them are victims of domestic violence. Many of them went to Tusla looking for help. And the outcome of that was that their children were taken from them. Quite a number of those mothers also grew up in the care system. And finally, there is a small group of mothers who, whose partners or husbands are paedophiles. And when they reported the sex abuse to uh, the Gardaí, the Gardaí handed it over to Tusla and the response from Tusla was that the mother was being malicious, that the allegations were unfounded and then the children were handed over to the perpetrators of the um, sexual abuse. The politicians in the doll, every single one of them in the last doll, in the 32nd doll, is aware that this is happening because it's documented in the report that I wrote and that was circulated to every one of them. And some of the mothers have gone to the likes of Jim O'Callaghan, who is the Fianna Fáil spokesperson on justice. And they have told their stories to him and to other deputies, detailing and showing the evidence that their children are being sexually abused and that Tusla handed over these children 
to the perpetrators of the sexual abuse. It's been swept under the carpet. And we talk about historic abuse and what happened in the past in mother and baby homes. And it is going on today, and I would say it's going on to an even greater extent today than it, than it did in those days, because in those days it was confined to the mother and baby homes. But this abuse is spread right across the country. Barbara came on board then in September, and I can't even begin to describe the work that Barbara does. It's 24-7 providing support for mothers. We have no funding whatsoever, and 99.9% .9 of the work in ABC voluntarily. I can honestly say that there are mothers alive today because of Barbara. They were on the brink of suicide, and she has taken them back from the edge. I'd, as convener to ABC, when the lockdown began to um, concentrate on other work that I'm doing, myself and Barbara are in daily contact. I, I think how Tusla kind of came on our radar is we gave several talks over the years, and on a few of the talks in particular, several women stood up and looking for our help because they were in a situation where their child had informed them that their, their fathers had abused them and they were separated and the women were distraught at having to hand the child over on Tussla's orders, giving them weekly access to a child when they know they're being abused and they wanted to know what could they do about it and we were very upset as well because we were saying we have absolutely no idea that is not we've no experience in that area at all so when we heard that abc had set up we were absolutely delighted when the women approach you especially in particular when their their ex-partner is accused of sexual abuse have they got evidence of the abuse just yeah. Unfortunately, all referrals go into Tusla now. And, and then, obviously, the recommendation, they do report. Sometimes they don't even interview the child. But the mindset is that the mother is malicious. They give in, a in all cases? In most cases, yes. There's a pattern there. Unfortunately, right. it's not criminal. When it goes to Tusla, it then goes into family court. And because of the in-camera rule, it never becomes a criminal matter. There's only a 2% conviction rate in Ireland for child abuse. Now, and I know that they're getting thousands of referrals, thousands, they're inundated with them, they can't cope, and a 2% conviction rate, it tells you that the system is wrong. Absolutely. If, if there's a woman finds herself in this unfortunate position and listening to this podcast, for example, and she wants to connect with you, how would she go about that? She can send a message to the Alliance of Birth Mothers page, our Facebook page. If she right. sends a message, somebody will contact her. And what would be the process then? What would happen? What can ABC actually do to help her? So we have a closed support group. Right. I suppose for a lot of these mothers speaking to them, they feel very much they're on their own. And when it happens, really, you're like, you're like a little rabbit in a wheel spinning. It's overwhelming. Of course, it is for your child to come and tell you that they've been sexually abused. There's no support there. Absolutely no support. And when they go to Tusla, they don't treat that child at all as a victim, but they actually treat the mother as being the perpetrator instead of being the other way around. So it's great for the closed group. There's lots of mothers that have come out the other side. There's lots of mothers that will support that mother along the way. They'll speak to her on a daily basis. There is huge support. And the most important thing is that she doesn't feel she's on her own. Do you have um, <laughs> any numbers on how many people, even yourselves, are dealing with? The level of the abuse 
taking place is documented. I don't have the figures in hand, it's documented in the report. And in actual fact, the UN Raconteur on child sex abuse came to Ireland in 2018 and spent a week here and wrote a report which was published in 2019. And she expressed her alarm at the low rate of convictions for child sex abuse in Ireland. There is a massive, massive cover-up. The abuse of children is just one of the issues that we're dealing with. Another major issue that we're dealing with is the fact that Trustlet go into the maternity hospitals and they remove newborn babies from mothers, mothers that are breastfeeding at two, three and four days old. And in some cases, it can be a long time before these mothers see their babies. And how have they got the right to do something like that? And how often is that happening? Absolutely, yeah, it's happening very often. And again, we say, how have they the right? Tusla are very powerful. Yeah. And I think people that aren't involved with Tusla, when women tell their stories, they look at them and they say, well, that woman must have done something or there must be something in her family. Tusla can touch any family. They can go in and they can take any child and they really don't have to give a reason. A and lot of you, women are coerced into signing a voluntary care order, but they're told if they don't sign it, we will bring you to court and you won't see your child until your child is 18. And they're afraid of them. We've been on this for, I'd say, a good 20 years now. Yeah. of talking about child abuse and its damages and how it's lifelong. And we have been saying over and over again, this is not historical. This is happening today. And if we don't do stuff today, it just continues. But people are still assuming, and we've even talked to politicians, and they are still, in their mindset, they're thinking it's past, it's historical. It couldn't happen in this day and age when people are a bit more aware. And unfortunately, with child abuse, it's still a secret. It's not one of those things that ever comes out until people make it come out. Last week, our... Hickway brought out a report which shows that 54% of the 6,000 odd children in Ireland that are in foster care are there as a result of a voluntary care order. And a voluntary care order is a short-term measure, just meant to be for a couple of days. Some of these children have been held by Osla for over 10 years. The state knows what is actually happening. There is no will on the part of anybody to do anything about it. And it's our big, big fear that instead of reigning in Tusla, the present outgoing Minister for Children, Captain Zapona, actually is going to sign into law new measures that will vastly increase their powers. Increase their powers to win and take children and increase their powers to place children in homes where there has been no vetting whatsoever. And you were referring to the, a recent bill that was just passed where by emergency foster care or something like that, is it? Yes. yes. A number of deputies have written to her asking her for a copy of the new regulations and she has so far failed to have over a copy of those new regulations. And they have not been published in Irish Ipagul, which is the official paper um, that comes out twice a week on a Tuesday and on a Friday. Um, where regulations have to be published and they haven't been published. And it's our fear in ABC that this will be her parting gift to Tusla before she leaves office, that she will have granted them 
vast new powers and it's all happening under the radar and the doll well it's kind of a joke because you know, a few deputies turn into the doll and twice a week there's no system of accountability right. have you contacted any politician who's in any way interested in following this up yes we've contacted them all but is there anybody on Here. your side as in going to physically do something yes there is a, a Fianna Fáil front bench former minister that we won't name who has been really working at the highest possible yeah. level for us yeah. on one particular case. The only deputy that really put her heart into this issue is the Sinn Féin spokesperson on Children and Youth Affairs deputy. Kathleen Function. So, Barbara, do you have any theories on why Tuslip? do the things they do. In my experience and dealing with all these women from the ground up, Tusler are absolutely rotten to the core. And when Bernard Gloucester took over the new CEO position, I had great hope. We met him and I did. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. He has done nothing to help. He needs to start and he needs to strip it from the bottom up. Yes, there were some amazing social workers, but nine out of every 10 are corrupt, right. completely corrupt. He needs to strip the media? It. Nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to touch it. And if the media come to you, are you willing to speak to Absolutely. them? Are any of the women likely to come forward? Yes, they will speak to them. But there's something called an in-camera rule. So if you breach the in-camera rule and give specifics of your case, there's a jail sentence. Jesus. So women have to be very, very careful. So yes, I can speak as a spokesperson, but I can't give any details of any individual cases because it's in breach of the in-camera rule. I guarantee you people don't know about this. They don't want to know. If it's not on their doorstep, they don't want to know. Spoken to two journalists from two different um, Sunday papers who put in a huge pitch with their editors to carry the, uh, the story and um, the editors just wouldn't carry it. So we, that's not how much power they have. Just yeah. A third journalist from a, a very prominent, prestigious daily paper in the country, and this will be a very, very well-known journalist in social affairs, met with a number of the mothers. They handed over all their documentation to show that what they were saying was true. She hasn't got back to us, but we suspect that the paper that she works for is refusing to run with the story. Who so, is Tuslet responsible or answerable to? Nobody, unfortunately. ICWA that published the report um, on them showing that over half of the children that they have are in voluntary care. HICWA has the power to investigate and write a report, but that's as far as it goes. They don't have the power to prosecute. The problem is that the, the outgoing Minister for, for, for Children, Captain Corona, she was worse than useless. Absolutely worse than useless. I met her face to face. She promised me that she would have a meeting with us. And Barbara will tell you, we spent six solid months trying to get that meeting with her. And eventually we had to give up. Is there anybody that's providing these women with psychological supports and other than the group? Is there women who've come out the other end of this? They've got their kids back and, and things are sorted. Are they in a position to talk? No, because they're still bound by the in-camera rule. Jesus. 
they hold an awful lot of budgets now for, and I understand their child yeah. protection, but they have the domestic violence budget, which is oh, a yeah. huge That's bone right. of for us at the moment. So organisations that would have helped these women were independent. Women will not go to them any longer because they're Tusla funded. That's right. And they feel if they're Tusla funded, they're almost biased. Hands are tired to a degree. They're not biased. They've all expressed to us. They can see how wrong things are there. But they, like that, they don't have any power over it. Because we've even asked why are all of the, the rape crisis centres and the domestic violence treatment centres, why are they all under child protection when yes. they're all adult focused? That doesn't make any sense for anybody. And the fact that they brought them all under one umbrella, it would actually yeah. make sense. Yeah. Now. It yeah. does actually keep everybody quiet. I remember Noeline Blackwell out of the Rape Crisis Centre saying that she was actually very confused about that for a long time. But yeah. she sees now that it can be a benefit to have all of the domestic violence and sexual violence, sexual abuse all under one roof that we can learn from each other. But that's a very probably naive, optimistic view. And it's also very organisational. It's not about the individuals who need the service. That's the other side. It's just not working. No. Yeah. When we look at Tusla, it's yeah. all the higher up positions in Tusla are all male. Every right. single, there's not one woman's face in any higher up position in Tusla. Right. It's all male. Right. And tell me, in your opinion, both of you, uh, but I suppose Barbara first, what do you think needs to happen here? Look, what I'd like to see happen, we all understand in every country there needs to be child protection. We're not, I'm not a fool. I understand that. And I understand there needs to be social workers and some children, yes, have to be in foster care, but not the level that they're dealing with this. There's a huge amount of these children should be sent home. So they need to get an independent company to independently assess every single case that's on Tusla's books. Right. And do you have any experience around children being fostered into homes and being abused while they're there? Yeah. Yes. And yes. when the mothers come and tell them, uh, the child comes to the mother and tells the mother or tells the social worker, immediately they stop that mother's access. Jesus. They leave that child there. There was a case in the paper not so long ago about it. Yes, where a mother complained that her child, was, that her children were being sexually abused. And the response from Tusla was to cut off her access. And then it came to light that one of the children was horrendously sexually abused in the home subsequently and then it was at that point that they returned the children we did a, a podcast with sophia morphy that's and, right I know her, yeah. and in her case again when she was a year and a half her neighbor reported her father who was abusing her to the hsc to the equivalent of tusla and they wrote wrote in a report that he was advised because the size of his hands that he shouldn't insert them into his daughter's vagina. Yeah. And that was written in a report. And how anybody, anybody can see that as an okay thing to have in a report and leave. And then the, year ne the next year they were allowed to adopt. Who's benefiting from the inadequacy and the incompetence of people who are looking after the children? I think though, if you're a social worker, and the child comes to you and tells you they're being sexually abused. How can you every day go back into work and do nothing about it? Yeah, absolutely. Every day. They took an oath. And yeah. for those social workers, they need to buckle up and they need to stand up. Because yeah. when those children are 16 and 17 and 18, let me tell you, they are coming for you.
And that is a fact. They are coming for you. So it's about time that we had a few whistleblowers. He took an oath. And these are children. Absolutely disgusts me every day of the week because I speak to the 18-year-olds that have come out the other side only as late as three or four weeks ago. And those social workers, they need to go. And they need to get prison. And when Ireland starts doing a few things like that, wake up. Like the priests for years, they covered it under. Tosla are no better than the Catholic Church. Brushing it under the table. They're a disgrace. And you see Bernard Gloucester? His day is coming. Because there's enough women in ABC to take him off his perch. And these women are going over. And every day they're getting stronger and wiser. And the numbers are growing. And we are coming for Tusla. Isn't it shocking to have a mother ring you at three o'clock in the morning because she's about to hang herself because she's to mm -hmm. hand over her child the following week? It's disgraceful what we're putting up with. And they say women have equal rights in Ireland. No, they don't. It's a fact. It gets to you after a while. The only thing I think would help, because again, I think people live in a, in a little a bubble. bubble. Yeah. So I think it would help if there was more details given about yeah. exactly what's going on. What's yeah. going on? Like that, that mother ringing up and she wants to kill herself. That's, yeah. unfortunately, it's those details that people need to hear before they yeah. do wake up and do something about it. And they'll ask her how she's feeling and she'll tell them. They'll stop her access because they'll tell her she's mental. Yeah. You're mental because you tried this. You can't show your emotions in front of your child. Yeah, it's sure. Sophia was saying also that when they, at one point when she went and reported the abuse of her father, they looked yeah. into her and her sister's children and, you know, start investigating them or they taking care of their children. I mean, Jesus. It is a known fact, you know, you become a criminal. Yeah. Any mother or father that goes into Tusla and reports a crime, you become the criminal for reporting it. With that in mind, and knowing how corrupt that you believe they are, what does somebody do who suspects that their child has been abused? The likes of Carrie? But they There's have a waiting list as well. Yeah. Everybody has a waiting list, yeah? yeah. Totally underfunded, you know. And even for, you know, if we go back even to the women that are suffering huge domestic violence and some of them sleeping in their cars at the moment. There's no budget for them. And even if there is budget, Charlie Flanagan came out again yesterday in the paper. Oh God, he's amazing. He's throwing so much money at it. There is no point throwing money at it because when these safety orders and barren orders are broken, they need to start arresting these people. Yeah. That's, there's no justice at all in Ireland. There never was. And the sad reality of Ireland is if you rape your neighbour's child, you go to jail. If you rape your own child, you get custody. It is not a crime. It goes into family law court. It's ruled by the in-camera. Whereas if it's your neighbour's child, the guards get involved and it's a crime. That couldn't be right. No. That's what that is, the nuts and bolts of it. In, in the Grace case, it's on the record that the social workers involved in that case, in leaving Grace in that home where she was sexually abused for 20 years, and they knew it. The social workers involved have actually been promoted, and some of them are very high in Tusla at the moment. And that is what you're dealing with. There are a number of high-ranking officials in Tusla that have come up through the ranks, and their records where they were um, is absolutely appalling. Another of them, very high-ranking official in Tusla, was actually involved in very, very high level of cover-up of child sex abuse in the area that he was the manager over. It is a fact. You don't have to dig very deep. Journalist, a journalist doesn't have to dig very deep. 
to find that the people that are running Tusla have been involved in the last, within the last 25 years, a massive cover up of child sex abuse in this country. The politicians know this. Are you two as advocates getting any backlash? Yeah. Honestly, my take on, on Tusla is I really couldn't what they try to do. Because, whereas Anna has been an activist for years, so again, she's not afraid of them. But the women are afraid of them. Yeah. And they threaten the women every day of the week. You know, even these sexual abuse cases, doctors have come forward. How can they all be wrong? Doctors That's have come sick. forward to say it did happen, yeah, and they still just don't want to hear it. So who's in a position to change the legislation to make so that you can actually get things up and running? Who do you go to to change that legislation? There's no need for legislation to be changed. That's not going to solve the problem. Right. The only way that will solve the problem is to have a root and branch investigation into the people that are running Tusla. Start at the top and investigate the people at the top of what the record has been in the past and get rid of them. Tusla is absolutely, completely, totally and utterly rotten to the core. And both Barbara and myself have had first-hand dealings with Bernard Gloucester. Bernard Gloucester is 100% aware of what is going on. Yes. And his response has been to send the complaints that were put in about social workers right back to the social workers that were involved. And those social workers then, their response was torture and torment the mothers that put in the complaints in the first place. We asked Bernard Gloucester to send individual files to a body outside of Tusla to be reviewed. And he agreed at that meeting that he would allow that to happen. We had a meeting last October with Bernard Gloucester. Obviously, yeah. he had just taken up his post. He had heard about us and he contacted us to have a meeting with him to, I suppose, really, he felt that Tusla had a terrible household name and he wanted to change things. So we explained exactly what was going on, what was going on with child sexual abuse, with babies being taken, just the whole overall. And we made an agreement that day. Actually, Jim Gibson was at the, the meeting as well. Um, and George Brophy, who is the principal social worker now working out of Brunel House in Dublin, the agreement was on the day that we could send him as many files as we wanted to belong to the women and they would be independently reviewed and he would pay for it. So we all agreed. We thought everything was fantastic. And then I said, look, we'll put it in writing. So the following morning, I put everything in writing and sent it over and he completely changed his mind. He said in his mind, an independent review was where a different social work team would look at the file not the social work team dealing with it. No, that's not independent. Why would you have to pay for that? And yeah. eventually he wouldn't agree to put it in writing. So that was the end of that. Right. So it needs to happen. You know, all these files need to be independently reviewed. Barbara, apart from yourself and Anna and the, the Sinn Féin deputy, um, Kathleen. Function. Do feel, yeah, do you feel like, is there anybody else on your side? Is there anybody else helping you, supporting you? Not, I feel that, you know, I feel people just don't want to know. Jesus. That's being honest, I feel. People don't want to know. I think a lot of, unless you're in the situation, people look at these women and say, well, they must have done something. Because even people question, when you put up an article in ABC, the first question is, you know, what did she do? 
or yeah. how did this happen? It just happens and that's it. Yeah. And can I just say how it's reported in the paper? In the report in the newspapers about the HICWA report, it referred to um, children in foster care and it was important that these situations be recognised because these children are the mothers of drug addicts. Personally, in all of the mothers that I have dealt with, and I've dealt with way, way over 100 mothers on a one-to-one -one basis myself, on a one-to-one, -one, uh, not one of them is a drug addict. It's actually documented in the report that I did. A very small number of them may have had a problem with drugs in the distant past, but yeah. not currently. You know, it, it's the stereotypical image yeah. Of yeah. the mom, she's a drug addict. So the the public in their mind, of you know, these children need to be taken from these drug addicted women. They they um, do the same with child abuse. Like they yeah. they talk about um you know pornography, child porn. Like like children are out there making porn. Words matter. They are deliberately presenting those cases. You're not mistaken. It is absolutely disgraceful. Although we are fighting a similar battle, I would say yours is much more urgent than ours because we're dealing really with the aftermaths. You're dealing with the here and now that it's here actually happening. Yeah, it's happening right here and now. And yeah. like, There's Jesus, two things. it's so There's tragic. It is a multi-million euro industry. Tuskness budget this year is very close to a billion euros. There is a huge amount of money to be made from fostering and what has actually happened now in the last while back is that this fostering is being taken over by private companies the largest of which is a uk registered company these companies are getting in the region i think it's something like 150,000 euro a year per child that they foster it's a multi-million euro industry it nearly always comes down to money doesn't it yeah. Greed. it is our understanding that the social workers get bonuses for the number of children that are on their books. Now, in some cases, the children have been handed over to family members. They get 350 euro per child. We have a case that was pointed out to us this week of a sister who took over her daughter's, her sister's two children. Those two children are worth 1300 euro per week to her. But more importantly, she's working with the social workers to make sure that her sister will never get the children back. The women that pay to have their own solicitor, in some cases, the women have actually mortgaged their homes if they've had a home. One solicitor who puts himself forward as an advocate for children's rights actually charges 100 euro an hour for a phone call. If a mother wants to phone him, his account has to be credited with 100 euro before, and he has to have evidence that his account has been credited with before he'll accept a phone call. These solicitors are making massive, massive, massive amounts of money out of these poor mothers' misfortune and how they sleep in their beds at night doing that, I do not know. One of the criteria in order to be allowed to be a foster carer, even if it's a family member, is at least one of the people, the adults, has to be at home full time. So somebody giving up their job would have been would be part of no. the criteria. To... So you don't yeah. have to be at home. No, no. you don't have to own your own house. Um, for yes, a couple of years ago, you had to be at home. You had to own your own house. There was different. You can be a single parent now. You can be in full-time work. You can be in rented accommodation and you can foster.
it's the whole criteria has changed. So they've completely changed all of that. Is that information actually freely available online? Yes. Fostering week there a couple of weeks, a week of fostering fortnight, as they called it, and where they had a meeting in most counties and the schools and the criteria had completely changed. And if you go onto the Tusker website, it'll tell you what the new criteria is. Right. Uh, it'll tell you anybody actually can now become a foster parent. Well, so if you have a conviction, you're still going to be in there. Depends what your conviction is for, yes. Is there a lot of children in need of foster care? No, it's not that they're in need, but when you do take a child, as they take them, and at the rate they take them, they have to put them somewhere. So yes, but instead of taking the children, it's a pity that they don't work with the community and support these mothers and put some of that money into supporting that child to stay in the family unit. Then there wouldn't be a huge outcry for foster cares. And, you know, 350 euros a week is an awful lot of money to a single mother living on her own, even if they give her half it and supported her. Wouldn't it be a much better scenario to have that child staying with their mother or their father and have that extra support? If Tusla are going to take a child out of a home because there's suspicions of abuse, do they have to go and get something from the courts or are they mandated to be able to do it without going to the courts? This is where the voluntary care order comes in. They can tell the mother that if she doesn't sign the child into voluntary care, that they will go to court and she will never see her child again until the child is 18. Now, that has been documented by a lecturer in UCC, O'Mahony is his name, I can't think of his first name. He's actually written a report on that, on this soft coercion, they call it, where they tell the mother if she doesn't sign the voluntary care order that they will go to court and take the child off her. If the mother refuses to sign the voluntary care order, then they go into court and they get what's called an interim care order, which is for 28 days. So every 28 days, they go into court and that's renewed. Now, what has happened since the lockdown was announced, Tusla have been allowed to go into court and have those interim care orders renewed without the mother or father being present in court. Yeah. There has been a complete suspension of law and order. The other thing is this, that many of these mothers are not legally represented in court or a free legal aid solicitor that's appointed by the court. And that free legal aid solicitor plays along with the system because that is their bread and butter. They are not going to stand up to Tusla or to the system because if they do, you know, they will lose their bread and butter job of representing mothers. So it's just pure tokenism. Is there anybody out there, any solicitors or firms to help any of these women pro bono? No. no. So, and again, if you know, and even to get, even for a mother to get a solicitor to represent her, she has to give them an upfront payment of between two and three thousand euros unless she goes on legal aid and she is completely wasting her time using legal aid. You know, giving them advice, you shouldn't be fighting for your child. You should be trying to better yourself before you look for your child back. That, that's how can you give that advice to anybody as a solicitor right volunteer your child why would anybody volunteer their child there are some amazing solicitors but when it comes to legal aid i'm right. sure legal aid to have a huge amount of cases and they probably try and settle and move along it all sounds very scary and it yeah. sounds archaic doesn't it it doesn't sound like something that should be happening in this day and age but by means of encouragement i would say that when you're up against organisations that are yeah. so big, you just have to keep chipping away at it. You will reach a tipping point because you're on the side of right. And you're right, they, every, every dog has their day. 
and they won't get away with it indefinitely. But while they are getting away with it, it feels so unfair and so horrendous. But I would say yet their day is coming because you've got two highly intelligent women, very passionate women who are on the case and you're not giving up any day soon. And then you have the accompaniment of all of the power and the strength behind all these amazing women that you're helping. And that has to feed you. It really feels like an overwhelming battle. You can't really look at the big picture. You have to take this like one bite at a time. And it's human nature to believe that somebody couldn't hurt somebody deliberately yeah. or couldn't be that incompetent that they yeah. don't care. And it's our overall need to believe that that makes it really hard to get through that barrier for people to see the reality of what's happening. It does sound unbelievable. It definitely does now. And I know it's not. I know it's real. I know it's happening. But it sounds absolutely, you're, you're hoping it's unbelievable. You're hoping it's not real. You're meant to be in that job, the two of you, you know, not job. I know you aren't getting paid like ourselves, but um, you're meant to be, you're in the right place. How do you keep yourself together when you're hidden with a lot of negativity and a lot of pain and yet you just have to stay positive? How are you doing that? Yeah, look, for me, I just go one day at a time. That's it. And I tell the women that it's one day at a time. Every day is different. And I do believe, I believe if there's enough positivity and there's enough people trying to right the wrongs, we will eventually get there. Right. We have to. You have to keep pushing it shoulder to the wheel. And that's it. And if everyone pushes together a little bit at a time, I do believe we will tip them over. And yeah. I believe it'll be this year. And you might think that sounds crazy. No, no. I don't. Yeah, I do think. And I, I think also we need, a pro we have never had a proper minister for children, ever. Yeah. We need a proper minister for children this time. And it needs to be something, somebody that's either a mother or a father, but that's passionate. Because yeah. that is where the change is probably going to come. And what about you, Anna? I have to confess, that I have burned out. I was at this for approximately 18 months. Right. And it got to me mentally. Um, there were nights I just could not sleep. Days I couldn't function because of the stories that the mothers were telling me. And I mean, I'm not directly affected by it, but being with a mother a couple of hours after her children has been taken and the cries, like I will take those cries with me to the grave. My role now at the minute is very, very limited. Yes, all that I'm doing at the minute is uh, giving a little bit of support to Barbara. And uh, I would like to think that I'm there for her when she needs me. Um, completely, completely understandable. The vast, vast majority of people want to bury their heads in the sand and pretend that this is not happening. And uh, they're saying to themselves, oh, you know, these mothers deserve this, that they have to have done something wrong. This just couldn't be. Tusla is now like a runaway train. People don't actually realise just how powerful it is. And what is actually now beginning to happen, and there is evidence of it, that if you make a complaint against anybody, their response now is to report you to Tusla. I have one very distraught mother recently phoned me. Her child was actually being um, physically abused by, by his teacher. The teacher was hitting him and she made a complaint and within a week she had trusted social workers out investigating her. It's also happening in the in the direct provision centres in Dublin that if um, any of the mothers there complain about the conditions in the centre the manager will just kind of smile 
and say another word out of you now and um, I'll be contacting Tusla to say that you're neglecting your children. So back off. Tusla is now being used as a weapon. And, we, and I actually brought this up with Bernard Gloucester. I mean, Jesus, you have a wealth of knowledge there behind you. And um, although you're saying the only thing I'm doing, that's a vital piece of the puzzle, just supporting her and letting her know she's not the only one holding all this information. We now know today that it is happening. And the children that are being abused now in foster care, they will never forgive the people of Ireland for allowing this to continue. And who could blame them? You'll pay the, you pay a dear price for that. And I know you are brilliant and thank God for you. But even when your hands are tired and you can't stop them taking the child, to provide support for the women in such an awful, dreadful time, there's no money could pay for that. There's nobody could thank you enough for that. Of course, you know, I'd like to say to the women, and I would because, yes, for a lot of them, when your child is taken on that day, it's the most devastating thing that you will ever, ever come across in life. But there's always hope. And it's very important they understand that. There's all hope. And we will get them through it. There's enough of us there now in the group. There's enough of us that have come out the other side. And it's day by day. And we will help them come out the other side because there is nobody else to help them. That's right. That's right. Because there is hope. Look, you know, don't feel on their own. There's loads of hope. There's loads of help come to us and we will help them. I just want to thank you, Anna and Barbara, for coming on board and taking part in this podcast today. The information that you've shared is very important and we are so grateful for the work, the vitally important work that you do. We're also sorry that you don't have more support and help in that work. We wish you all the best and we will no doubt talk again. Take care. Thank you for listening. Hopefully some of the information we've shared will resonate with you and bring you to a place where you can have compassion for yourself. Please know that no matter how you feel or how you respond to the abuse, it was normal. We're hopeful and optimistic that those in a position of power to bring about change will be moved into action so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes as long as it takes because there's no rush in it and there's no fake in it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Kavna Sisters podcast. You can contact us through Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email the Sisters at gmail.com.